Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. Let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 138. I'm going to talk about some early trends that I've seen from our rookie drafts. Man, it's the time right now. It's rookie draft season. Uh, I had three drafts this week. Uh, one that just started today, two more that are following this, uh, the next week, and the slow trickle of others in the weeks to come. And so I wanted to tell you that after witnessing drafts in my bigger money leagues, which were the first to draft this last week, I just thought I'd share a few trends of what I see happening in some of the dynasty, I call them the dynasty diehards, the people that have the big money drafts, the people that care the most that did drafts this very first week after the draft, after the NFL draft, that is. So I finished three of them, and so I want to give you guys some trends. Now, if you haven't done your drafts yet, I think it will help you know what to expect as far as ADP that can help you on your rookie drafts if you've not had them yet. And if you have had them yet, it's fun. This is a fun time of season just to reflect back on the drafts that we've been we've taken place. And so I hope it'll just be fun to listen and think about what's been happening in your leagues compared to my leagues. I'd be curious to see too um, if you've seen uh, the same the same trends. Uh, that would be that would be fun to see. So feel free to uh, hit me up and let me know if you feel something like this has happened in your leagues as well. All right, so we're going to talk top ten trends. Here's trend number one: is that in one quarterback leagues, the top seven picks have been perfectly consistent in all of my drafts. Now I've only done three, but the three that I've done, the top seven picks were the same in every single one. I don't mean the draft order was consistent, but the top seven players that were picked among the top seven picks has been the same. That would be Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, and Travis Etienne. They've generally been the first four players, but in different orders. And then Javante Williams, Devante Smith, and Jalen Waddell have been the last three, kind of in, you might call it a second tier of those seven picks. Those have been the draft picks in all three of my drafts. All seven players were among the, the ones drafted in my three rookie drafts, like I said. And uh, just my personal take is that I'm not as confident in Waddle being among those. I had a tier break at six instead of seven. I'm not as confident in Waddle as most analysts are. Um, I really had a tier break, like I said, at six. I even had Elijah Moore ranked ahead of Waddle because I have an aversion to drafting the fastest wide receivers in the class. Speed certainly uh, will is, is not Waddle's only trait. Uh, he really is dynamic as a runner after the catch player. But I really favor Elijah Moore ahead of Waddle as a more complete possession receiver, in my opinion, who I think will be the number one target in the Jets, while Waddle, I think, will not surpass the targets that Devontae Parker and uh, gets in Miami. Uh, so I know I'm, an, I'm on an island with this take, but I'll still stand by it. Uh, I see a tear break at six, but everyone else in my leagues have all clearly seen it at seven, and they've got Waddle in that top seven. But I like more better and have a draft. I, I see a tear break after six. Speaking of Elijah Moore, uh, to him, the second trend here is Elijah Moore is solidly in the first round. Uh, he's been drafted behind Waddle in, in all of my three rookie drafts, but he's still been a first-round pick um, in all of them. And a first-rounder, if you take in my Superflex League that I drafted in this last week, uh, removing the quarterbacks, he would have been a first-round pick. Um, he was drafted as a 15th pick in my Superflex League, so that shows you how much people valued him, even though there were four quarterbacks taken ahead of him. 
um, more. Like I said, he's just been on a steady rise yeah, since the offseason. Uh, he's progressed and moved ahead into the first round. He was drafted 1.9 and 1.10 in my one-quarterback league, so that shows the value that they have. He's in that tier, they think, right after Waddle. And when I think about more, I do have like a little bit of concerns about Zach Wilson. Uh, he is my fourth-ranked rookie quarterback. I'm far less confident in him than I am the other three uh, of Lawrence and Fields and now Lance, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I do believe that Moore is going to surpass Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, and Denzel Mims to be the leading wide receiver. Uh, I think those who invested in him highly believe that as well. I'm glad to see that other dynasty managers see the same. I think it'll take probably midseason before he does so, but he is the best, best talented receiver. I would have drafted him ahead of Denzel Mims, for instance, if Mims was in this last class for sure. He would have been far ahead of Mims because I was far down on Mims compared to most people last year. Third trend that I'll say is that super deep for super flex draft class. Uh, the only reason Moore is not a first-round draft pick in Superflex leagues is because the quarterback class is so deep this year. And it's at all five first-round picks, Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, and Jones, were drafted in the first rounds of my Superflex league. I only had one Superflex league that I've drafted in so far, but all five of them were drafted in the first round. And all but Mac Jones was drafted in the first or second round of one-quarterback leagues. So that's pretty wild that even... Even the one-quarterback leagues, all four of these five quarterbacks were, were drafted by the end of the second round in my leagues. What's wild, too, in Superflex leagues is that three quarterbacks, Kellen Mond, Miles Davis, or Davis Mills, rather, and Kyle Trask, uh, were drafted in the second round of the Superflex league that I'm in, uh, even though it's a 14-team 14 14 league. Uh, maybe it gives a little bit extra, but all of them were drafted in the second round. I think it proved that this is a very deep quarterback class and a relatively weak class at other positions because if the other positions were better. Uh, I think people take chances on some positional players, but this is a very weak week after it gets past the second round, in my opinion. And so quarterbacks were taken in the second round even um, in super flex leagues. I was very, very disappointed with the landing spots of many of the rookies, like I said, and saw this class as about a 24 deep and one quarterback leagues. Um, uh, others believe the same, obviously based on what I what I witnessed uh, with my Superflex draft. Next comment that I'll make, a general trend, would be the Trey Lance and Justin Fields decisions. So in two of my drafts, Fields was drafted one pick ahead of Lance. And in the third draft, Lance was actually drafted five spots ahead of Fields. And so uh, pretty, big, pretty big differences there. Um, Zach Wilson has been the fourth quarterback drafted in every league, and then Mac Jones has been the fifth. But the divide really comes between Fields and Lance, and I imagine it's going to be so in all future rookie drafts that I have and you have. Uh, I have Fields ranked. Uh, I had Fields ranked ahead of Lance all offseason until the NFL draft when Lance was drafted ahead of him by what I think is a far better coaching staff and a team that traded a lot to get him. That makes a big difference, and so I move Lance up ahead of him. Actually, I have Lance as my number twelve ranked rookie, but he fell to number fourteen and number nineteen in my one quarterback leagues. And then I tried to trade up to get him in both of those leagues, but I couldn't get a deal done. I really believe that both players are going to be great. And I have Fields as 14th ranked, so he's only two spots behind Lance. But I think that's where we're going to see a big difference between those two. Uh, Jones will be the last one, and Zach Wilson will be the fourth one in most leagues. It's just really a debate between whether Fields or Lance is going to go as a QB2 in our leagues. Fifth observation, Michael Carter was drafted way too early. Um, I expected Dynasty managers were higher on Carter than I was, but I was shocked to see how high. Uh, Carter was drafted at 1.9 and 2.6 in my one-quarterback leagues and 2.7 in a Superflex league. 
and that's too high for a fourth-round draft pick, in my opinion. I have Carter ranked number 21 in my one-quarterback rankings. Uh, that's a really massive gap between um, where he was drafted and where I ranked him. But I consistently saw him drafted ahead of players that I had ranked ahead of Carter, uh, players like Amon Ross St. Brown and all the quarterbacks I have uh, listed ahead of him, uh, all the ones with first-round draft capital, that is, uh, even in one-quarterback leagues. I think that they're better um, you know, second-round picks than Carter would be just because of their draft capital. And his getting drafted in the fourth round really, really causes me to, to back away. I'm surprised that people have been willing to draft him in the first and the second rounds. The other draft that I'm in that just started actually today on a Saturday uh, was was picked. He was picked at the uh, 111 spot. So he's continuing going as a first round. I don't think that's what you should do. Uh, but it only takes one believer in a league to skew the ADP, and that has been happening. Maybe more people believe it. No, don't believe like I do, but at least one in every league does. Next, as I will say, uh, observation is that JV and Hawkins surprised. Uh, JV and Hawkins was the first undrafted free agent drafted in all of my leagues. Uh, he was drafted in the third round ahead of running backs, drafted by NFL teams, drafted higher by NFL teams like Elijah Mitchell, Jamar Jefferson, Kylan Hill, and Ramondi Stevenson in one of my leagues. He was drafted ahead of him. Uh, Hawkins is undoubtedly the top UDFA flyer that selected in rookie drafts this year. And he's the top-ranked UDFA in my rankings, too. Uh, he was in my queue at 3.3 in one draft, but was drafted the pick before me. But I was able to draft him in another uh, draft where he was picked number 4.1, where I got him. See, the deal is with Atlanta, as they let Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, and Ito Smith go in the offseason. So Hawkins only has Cadre Allison and Mike Davis that they recently acquired in free agency ranked ahead of him. I do think while Hawkins is smaller than the prototypical prototypical third down three down back in the NFL he hasn't had an incredibly productive college career uh, including a 1528 yard rushing uh, season in his sophomore season and so he's also got the breakaway speed uh, higher than most anyone in the uh, longer runs than almost anyone I think actually more than anyone in college that was in this draft and I think these factors are really leading a lot of people to put a lot of hope in him and he's holding a very solid third-round value, even as a UDFA. Um, and I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm trying to do it, too. Tried to do it in Cooting him in one. Uh, was able to draft him in one of my leagues. And, and I'm going to keep looking for it in the drafts that are coming up. Next observation, uh, overall trend, is that Jared Dokes uh, in the Miami backfield. Uh, Jared Dokes was not in, even in my rookie rankings. Uh, but he was drafted in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds of the three rookie drafts I took place in this week. Uh, Doak signed a UDFA contract with Miami, a team that everyone thought was going to draft a running back. And so I think Dynasty managers benefited last year from the surprising play of Miami's seventh-round pick, Miles Gaskin, and their UDFA, Salvin Ahmed, last year. So they, they benefited from it last year. And both running backs basically have the same draft capital. Seventh round in a UDFA is now competing with another UDFA in Dokes. And I think Dokes is going to get a chance to compete with them. I didn't like Doak's college film. That's why I didn't have him in my rankings, uh, nor his college production. He really had a career-best 673-yard season. Uh, he's far bigger than Gaskin and Ahmed, though. He's 230 pounds uh, compared to the 200-pound weight of, of Ahmed and uh, Gaskin. Um, I didn't really like his running style. I didn't feel like it suited for the NFL, in my opinion. But as I said, uh, he wasn't in my rookie rankings, but other savvy managers in these three leagues that I drafted in, they're very competitive leagues, uh, they obviously disagree with me, and they drafted him much higher than I would have imagined. 
Next observation is that Elijah Mitchell was drafted too close to Trey Sermon. So dynasty managers were really puzzled when San Francisco drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round after they traded up to draft Trey Sermon in the third round. Dynasty managers were doing the same um, in rookie drafts, drafting Mitchell just a few rounds after Sermon. So it's repeated itself in rookie drafts as well. Sermons has the feel of a Keyshawn Vaughn for me from last season. Uh, his hype has really moved him up into the first round of all of my leagues. He was drafted at 112, 112, and 113. And that, that when he was drafted 113, that was my 14-team league. So technically, in all three of my drafts, he was drafted in the first round. I really loved Sermon more than most analysts in the you know before the NFL draft, but I was sad to see him land with the 49ers just because they rotate their running backs so much. Um, drives me crazy. And then to add to that, the fact that they drafted Mitchell, it reinforced the point <laughs> that they're just going to have a huge running back uh, backfield and just decide who they're going to give the ball to. And so knowing that's the case, Dynasty managers uh, have, I think, wisely drafted Mitchell way earlier than I expected. And they may, maybe, they had, maybe they're right to do so because they think he's going to compete just as he can with all the other backs. I had Mitchell ranked as my 55th ranked rookie, but he was drafted uh, 32nd, 33rd, and 40th in my three uh, drafts that I did that I did this last week. Uh, he's been drafted just 20 spots behind Sermon. So from an end of the first round to an end of the third round, basically, uh, from pick number 12 and 13 to pick 32, 33, 40, um, basically 20, 20 spots left. So dynasty managers are taking the same chance that, Ch- that Shanahan uh, is, that he's going to let the best man win. Uh, I think it's more likely that they're actually all going to be in the mix, and that really decreases the dynasty value of everyone in San Francisco including um, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Next thing to mention, I think i got two more here. Uh, one is Josh Palmer is the drop-off point, in my opinion. Palmer was my 25th-ranked rookie and what I really consider to be the last of a tier, very last of a tier. And the three drafts that I've had so far have proven me right. In each of those drafts, I actually tried to trade up in each of them to try to get Josh Palmer whose draft capital, I believe, being drafted in the third round, and his open wide receiver roster that he has in Los Angeles really boosted his dynasty stock after the NFL draft. Um, I was never able to get him in a, to get a trade done so to add Palmer to my teams, but I'm going to keep trying in the drafts that I had this coming week. I noticed that in all three of my drafts that after Palmer was selected, the picks that followed him were all over the place. Uh, after Palmer, Palmer gets drafted, owners were reaching to take their best, the guys that you know they call their quote to their guys. A variety of other receivers were selected after Palmer, uh, but the order varied greatly. Receivers like that included Tylen Wallace, Tutu Atwell, Cornell Powell, Des Fitzpatrick, Anthony Schwartz, Daz Newsom. Those are the players uh, that, that really came after him. In my uh, FFPC draft, which is only 22-man rosters, 16 before the season, uh, before the rookie draft, and 22 uh, once the season starts. Uh, so there's a lot of extra free agents out there in the FFPC leagues. Right after Palmer, then you started to see uh, uh, free agents that were out there, like Rashad Perriman, John Brown, uh, Russell Gage, were all getting drafted before the next rookie. And so that's real evidence to me that dynasty managers definitely see a major break in the wide receiver class after Palmer is taken. Um, The same is true in the running back class, which brings me to my last point. is a late-round running back grab. It's just a late-round running back grab. So Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, and Trey Sermon were all first-round picks. Then Michael Carter, like I said, he was either just at the end of the first round or at the second-round turn. And then you had Kenny Gainwell and Chuba Hubbard were drafted in the second round, or in one case, in one of my leagues, it was the first pick of the third round. And then you had Javian Hawkins, who I already talked about. So then all of a sudden, a UDFA pops up as the next running back. And from that point on, 
everyone in the in these drafts just try to pick the guy that they like the most. And so just like the late-round receivers after Palmer, the late-round running backs after Javion Hawkins were all over the place. Uh, Jared Dokes, Elijah Mitchell, Jamar Jefferson, um, Larry Roundtee, Chris Evans, uh, they were all in the mix, getting drafted different places in all, all of them in rounds three, four, and five. And so I think what happened in all these drafts is dynasty managers just kind of picked their poison. They hoped for the best with whatever late-round running back stab that they made. I've noticed that in all of my drafts. All right, those are some of my 10 observations for my three first drafts. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this, If whether you've had your drafts and just used this to reflect back on your draft because it is such a fun time, the most fun time of the season. Or maybe you haven't had your drafts, and this gives you an idea of what you can expect will happen in your drafts that are coming up. I've got a couple more next week, and we'll continue to report and give some, some tips and tricks and things that I've noticed within my drafts, and maybe even actually we'll just kind of break one completely down and tell you how it went. So I appreciate your support. Uh, I do hope that you would make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. Um, much better on email than Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I return every single email. Again, I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcast. Just click that five-star thing. That's all you got to do. It's pretty easy. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted and independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.